Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Up Level Your Career with Judson and Jerome podcast. As you know, if you've listened to our podcast before, uh, Judson and I record this podcast from our homes in Palm Springs, California, and in Incline Village, Nevada, so you're likely to hear um, the sounds of our neighborhood. You might hear background noises. Um, It's a pretty low-tech podcast right now, but we're hoping that we share great content with you. My name is Jerome Emhoff. I'm a career coach and resume writer. I started my practice 10 years ago in San Francisco, and um, and I'm really thrilled to welcome you here today. Today is a special podcast. We're going to be talking about navigating uncertainty um, in these sort of crazy times we're living um, with the coronavirus outbreak and sheltering in place and all of the sort of the new normal that we're all dealing with. And we have a special guest today who is actually an executive coach with a practice in San Francisco, and she's somewhat of a subject matter expert on this particular topic. So I'm going to turn the program over to Justin. He'll introduce himself, and then he'll introduce our special guest. Thank you, Jerome. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're able to join us today. Obviously, these are unprecedented times here. And there's a lot of uncertainty right now, and that's scary when when we don't have a firm idea of where we're going or what's happening or what the future holds for us. So we are here today to talk about some of these variables in our lives that we're probably all facing here in an effort to really get through this time. We will get through this time together apart, but we will get through it. And we're glad that we could be here, and we're thankful for the technology that allows us to do this remotely uh, like we're doing today. And as Jerome had mentioned, uh, we do have a special guest today. Her name is Bobby Laporte. She's been a longtime friend, and we all, the three of us, know each other through uh, the Job Forum, which is a a job-seeking help group in San Francisco. We've all been involved with that, and uh, we have maintained our friendship for the last, what, Bobby, eight, nine, ten years even? It's at least, yeah. So we're thankful that she's with us today. She has a great deal of knowledge and experience here. And in terms of um, talking about this uncertainty, we do have uh, some points that we're going to bring up, and Jerome and I will certainly chime in. And, Bobby, I'll introduce you as Bobby Laporte, Executive Coach. And take it away, Bobby. Thank you, Jerome and Judson. It's great to connect with you guys, and I think the, uh, the information and the service you're providing to people who are listening to your clients is really super valuable, you know, particularly helpful now during, as um, Judson said, these times of uncertainty. We really need to try and find some sense of control or groundedness in our lives, and uh, whether we're leaders in an organization or we're job seekers, uh, I'm hoping that some of the things we'll share with you today will be helpful. As, uh, as Judson said, this is about navigating uncertainty, and that's a particular area of expertise that I've been working in for the last year or so. Um, I will tell you that when I started this, and this is the kind of work I do with my executive coaching and my consulting clients, I never thought that it, that, that definition of uncertainty would be represented by the situation that we're in now. I mean, when you, we say these are uncharted, you know, this, these are uncertain times and this is uncharted territory for us, you know, that's, that's probably an understatement. So as Judson said, you know, we will get through this together, though separate. Uh, I'm confident of that. And I hope that during this time the, some of the insights and tips that we share with you, that you can take one or two things away that will help you and your teams, if you're a leader, to be able to navigate through these times a little bit more confidently. So um, just to kind of set some context, a lot of the work I do around this is based on uh, different sciences. So the things I'll share with you today are really driven or derived, I should say, from positive psychology and from neuroscience and behavioral science, and also from the work that I do with my clients, most of whom are tech companies that are based in the Bay Area. Uh, with individuals and leading teams, and so I'm now seeing with them uh, an increased, obviously, concern and and emphasis on, you know, what do I tell people, how do I manage myself and my team, you know, we've just moved from California, you know, we've gone from having a three-week shelter-in-place order to now something that's lasting longer, like seven weeks, and who knows, it's going to go beyond that, so um, 
it's definitely very uh, prominent in my conversations with people. Um, and as Jessica said, we're all in this together. So I do think at this point in time, whether you're leading a team or you're an individual contributor, contributor, sorry, we do have a special responsibility for our teams or the people around us to create a mindset and behaviors that keep us from being overconcerned and overreacting and help us to look forward and be more focused on the future. So my, my guidance to you in general would be wherever you can increase certainty in your environment, where you can increase autonomy with the people that work around you or for you, and where you can be able to define a little bit more control, that will definitely help people to, to be able to navigate and feel a sense that there are some things in their environment that, they, that are predictable that they can't control. And if we, we know from neuroscience that our brains don't like uncertainty. I mean, that's just the way we're wired. Our brains want to be in a forward-looking state where there is some sense of direction and of promise, if not certainty. So whether you're an individual contributor or you're um, a job seeker or you're a leader, I think it's really important for you to be able to identify and focus for your, t uh, for your team on long-term objectives. And, and that could be a month out or it could be two months out. Um, but being able to tell people, look, this is what we're working on. Let's remember the deliverables we have set. We have this due in a month. We have this due in two months. And it creates in the future just a little bit of certainty about what people are working towards that helps them to manage themselves day to day. If they're on a team, it's also very helpful for you to talk about the fact that these are shared goals because most of us now are working from home, and so the addition of these long-term goals being shared goals creates a sense of connectedness and relatedness for the people that you work with, the people who work for you, that's really needed in this time when we're all, even with the technology, we're all sort of isolated. Um, so that's one point I wanted to share. Uh, also, I think in these times of crisis, Communications are more important than ever, and I'm sure you've heard that, that you know, the more you can communicate, the more you can have people feel certain and, and at ease. And you know, this is definitely a time where I almost feel like you almost can't over-communicate. But again, towards how you create a sense of certainty for people, I think it's very important if you have a team that you tell them two things, that you tell them when they will hear from you and you tell them what they will hear from you. So. And the when could be once a week, it could be every morning, it could be Mondays and Wednesdays, it doesn't really make any difference. But them being able to predict and have a specific cadence of when they're going to hear from you as their leader or their team leader or whatever your role is, is really important because that, again, creates predictability and certainty in their routine. Can I jump in with a question really quick, sure. <clears throat> Bobby? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I think is really crazy for people is, that there is no timeline for this, right? I mean, we're hearing now April 30th is the first sort of date where we might potentially right. stop the self-isolation. So how do you, if you're a team leader, how do you then, um, it seems like, I, personally, I'm sort of living moment by moment by moment. So how do you create those goals and sort of benchmarks when everything is so nebulous, there's no end in sight? Say. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, there's no, there's no end in sight in terms of this environment that we're working in. I mean, when we will, right. whatever that new normal is, right? But I'm, but right. most, most businesses still have goals and objectives. They still have deliverables. You have a project that's due, or you have, you know, something that the team is working on together. You know, whether or you have a sales, you know, deadline. Um, Got it. So those are the kinds of things. Let's just remember where we are in our planning year, and we have things that are going to be due by the end of April, or we have things that are going to be due by May 1st or June or whatever, so that it isn't this um, sort of day-to-day, -day, well, what am I working on today and what am I working on tomorrow, and people just sort of like creating their work as they go along. Um, I think any way that you can provide more definition about what they're working towards Right? Again, it's because our brain is looking for a point in the future that we can focus on, some amount of certainty. And it's also saying, let's remember what we're working on together. Um, so that's, you know, at least that's the advice and guidance I'm giving most of my clients is there's something, 
that they can be looking towards. And then, of course, you know, you're checking in with people on a regular basis to see how they're doing and how they're progressing towards their goals, which, again, can be a little bit different in a, in a work-from-home environment. But that future-facing um, perspective and orientation, I think, is really important. Now, do you uh, have any clients that where the work-from-home isn't really an option, though? I mean, so I guess I'm sort of asking in terms of where, like, maybe – a large portion of the, the workforce isn't able to work from home. And so things have sort of, like we're really running a skeletal operation. Like how do you, does that make sense, that question? Like um, how do you set those parameters when there's I'm not, sure not I that possible? Everybody, everybody that I know is working from home. Is working from home. Okay. Everybody's working from home. I mean, in the Bay Area, you know, I mean, all of the companies have work from home directives. This is week four. And so okay. it started with the big companies, and they basically said, we want people to be safe, and then everybody followed suit. I mean, you see pictures of downtown San Francisco and the peninsula, it's like a ghost town. So nobody's working. Nobody's in their okay. offices. I mean, there may be skeleton crews in call centers that have specifically been set up to be six feet apart, but everybody's working from home. Okay. Um, and, so, and, that, and that creates another, um, another point I want to make. That creates another new norm and a different rule of engagement for many people. So some people are used to working from home. Many technology right. companies, right, they have global teams or they have teams that they don't have real estate, you know, people are remote, they hire the best people they can where they are, they don't have to come into a central office. But for a lot of organizations, that's not the case. Working from home is, is a new thing. So my, my other next suggestion is that anything you can do um, – to be really specific with people, again, establishing autonomy and control and certainty as far as their work-from-home rules is really important. So just because someone's working from home now and you can't see them and you can't walk by their workspace doesn't mean that they're not producing, doesn't mean that you have to load them up with work, right, because you're afraid that they're not going to be productive. I think it's really important with everybody on your team who's working from home to say, all right, let's take a look at your specific situation. Do you have an office set up? Many companies are just spending time now getting people set up with what they need to work from home. What is the environment like there? Many people have kids, so the kids are out of school, so now they're, they're doing homeschooling and they're, they're, they're running physical education for their kids and they're also trying to work from home. You have you know, two-income families where you have husband and wife working from home. And so that can create a tremendous amount of chaos. So as a leader, if you have people who are working from home, I think it's really important to say, let's talk about your specific situation. So what are the expectations of you working from home? Like where are you working from in your house? What are the hours you're working? Um, what do I'm expecting from you? That, again, tends to put some structure and certainty and control around what can be a really disruptive and chaotic environment. You know, the, I mean, the three of us on this call work from home. We are working from home, but we're pretty much, you know, we're used to that, Right people aren't used to it, that just adds another level of uncertainty. So finding out for each person on your team what they need and what works for them. Some people work better in the morning. If they want to go for a bike ride in the afternoon or go for a run or go do something, you know, as long as they're producing and they're delivering what you expect them to, you know, that should be part of the contract and the agreement you have with them. But I also so, want to go back to – I'm sorry, I want to go back to um, Jerome's comment about um, – you know, focusing on objectives and goals. So we've been talking a lot about people who are in position in companies and who are either now like leading a team that's remote or are working from home remote. But I know many of your clients are people who are either job seekers or, you know, are in a job search. Um, so how would you, the two of you are more experts in this area than I am, how would you apply some of what I've been talking about about you know creating future goals and objectives and creating some certainty about what you need to do and when so that there's some structure and certainty in the routines of people who are not not employed but are looking for work any suggestions yeah. there G great question um i think one of the things that i would start with is scheduling uh because as opposed to just seeing what happens if you can actually schedule say i'm doing research and i'm creating you know right resumes, uh, tailoring my resumes for these, and I'm going to spend between, you know, two and four in the afternoon doing that, I, that really helps you plan and prepare and give you a sense of control. 
You know, there's a lot that we cannot control, and, and we all know this, but maybe it's a good reminder that the only thing we control is ourselves and our reactions and our responses to things. And that's such a tough thing sometimes. And so um, I think that if we can, you know, do the things we can do to to get a sense of control, right. that, that that's probably going to do us good on a psychological level. Jerome, your additional thoughts? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I had a conversation with a potential, like a prospective client yesterday, and we talked a lot about sort of the mindset right now because a lot of job seekers have this sort of misconceived notion that everything's sort of, you know, on a halt, and they're saying, oh, I should put my job search on hold until this COVID-19 thing is over. And um, I shared an article with, uh, Judson uh, last week that I received and and um, what we're finding you know is that companies are still hiring but they've changed how they're hiring they're doing interviews via Skype and and you know teleconference and things like that but what the employers are finding is that they're having a hard time getting in touch with job seekers the the time between them reaching out and responses has lengthened because so many job seekers again think, oh, everything's on hold. And so uh, I think the mindset is really critical and also to leverage this time when people are working from home and maybe have a little bit more flexibility in their schedule right? so that they might be available more readily for inter, uh, informational interviews and, and those kinds of things. So, you know, social networking and using, uh, you know, social media and using LinkedIn and all those tools right now, it's really a great opportunity for that because I think people are probably, that's how we're all engaging now. Exactly. So people who've never used LinkedIn before are on it now because it's their only way of sort of managing their their professional contracts or contacts right. in some ways. So, yeah. That's fine. Those are both really good points. I think um, I know some most of the people that I know are still hiring. And so it might also be, uh, a way for job seekers to actually, instead of like pulling back and saying, hey, you know, there's this, this uncertainty and people probably aren't hiring and they're busy doing other things. I mean, I think what I'm seeing now, at least with my clients in the Bay Area, you know, so this work from home thing, this is week four. So, you know, people aren't ever going to get totally comfortable, but they're settling in now. You know, this okay, this is the routine. This is what we're doing. Um, we still have business goals. You know, we have online conferences we're doing, you know, one of my clients, their big user conference kicks off today instead of it being three days in the conference center in San Francisco, it's like four hours over two days virtually, right? So business is going on, hiring is going on, and I think that's really the savvy job seekers, I think, will say, this is a time for me to stand out. You know, I'm going to continue to reach out. I'm going to express my interest in roles. I'm going to connect with people. I'm going to let hiring managers and recruiters know I'm available. You know, I have time. You know, I'll make time, you know, through, you know, Zoom and other things to respond. And I think that could be, it could definitely put people in a more positive frame of mind, and it could also be the thing that helps people to stand out from others who are basically on the sidelines saying, well, I think I'll just wait until this whole thing is over. So I think that I think that's really, pos- that's really good advice. Um, the other well, I like what you just said. Bobby, about this being an opportunity to stand out, right? Because, and that's the conversation I had with my my potential client yesterday. I said, you know, everyone's putting their stuff on hold. If you're the one person who's not, people will notice. Right. Yep. right. So, yeah. and, it, and it is analogous to business, what I see sometimes when, when things get tough financially, sometimes companies will pull back uh, on their marketing efforts and, and the money that they spend on marketing. And, and w- we know that that's the time that you should really pour it on for the reason that Bobby stated, you know, because this will allow you to stand out because now there are fewer who are actually advertising and promoting themselves. So um, yeah. I think that same principle would apply here for a job seeker. Right. Yes. Yep. Um. Anything else I wanted to – I had a couple of the points I wanted to share. Anything else on uh, Jerome or Judson comments or additional insights for job seekers based on some of the things we've shared already? Not for me. This is good stuff. Okay, good. No, I think um, we've covered a lot, and, and yeah. we've given some good practical tips and suggestions. So, yeah, yeah let's just uh, – we'll move on to your next point then, okay. Bobby. Okay, good. Yeah, so we have a couple.
So um, I wanted to uh, share this, this whole idea of, um, this is again a, a concept from positive psychology about arousing positive emotions in ourselves and others. So it just from, from sort of a quick like nerdy perspective, we know from neuroscience that you know there's two neural networks that we operate on. One is the um, is called the sympathetic nervous system, and that when people talk about like the you know how your the, your amygdala hijacks you, that's sort of the like you know um, fight and flight system, which allows us to survive. Right? It's basically the system that our ancestors created how we're wired, we're wired to think that things are wrong. We're wired to think there's going to be a problem. We're wired for survival. Um, that's a very high stress mode to operate in when we're activating our sympathetic nervous system. We're always in sort of fight or flight. You know, what's this problem? How can I fix it? How can I get out of this situation? And it doesn't create for us the ability to really see what's possible. The parasympathetic nervous system is the nervous system that allows us to thrive. And that is in the, um, the prefrontal cortex of the brain, and when we practice positive emotions, which could just be expressing happiness about something or gratitude for something that happened or hopefulness, all of which are really important now, that activates that part of our brain that is based on the other neural network, the parasympathetic nervous system, and that actually activates the part of our brain that's responsible for creativity, for problem solving, um, for e executive functioning, so wherever we can, sort of the shortcut to getting out of survival mode and into thriving and possibility mode is to be able to activate positive emotions in ourselves and others. And again, that's just through telling somebody about some, a success you had, showing appreciation, being grateful, um, expressing hope. Um, in a team session, I like to suggest to people that when you're having your regular weekly staff meetings or team meetings, that you start the meeting off with a positive action, like asking people on the call, right, so we're on virtual calls now, to do a quick lightning round and share something good that's happened to you since the last time we met, or share a success that you've had. And what that does is it not only brings up the energy for the whole group, right, but it highlights successes, which we all need very much now to be able to share, because we need to hear good news. And it, and it builds capacity in our brain to be able to handle future issues and future challenges more effectively. So activating that part of your brain actually builds brain cells, right? And Lord knows we can all use more of those. <laughs> so, so doing that as a group is really important for leaders to role model that and to talk about the good things that are happening and the successes that are going on and, again, expressing things like gratitude, appreciation, and hope. For individuals, so if you're an individual at home and you're a job seeker, um, what are some of the suggestions or what are some of the ways that you guys have seen that people can stay upbeat and positive, right, when they're basically they're at home and they're doing research or they're sending out resumes or they're trying to contact people? Are there tips that you have for how do you acknowledge and celebrate the progress you're making and the successes? How do you keep a positive mindset, which is so important now if you're in a job search mode? Yeah. Well, certainly one of the things that I uh, – recommend to people is to journal and it could be you know a pen and paper it could be a you know in word document but just to write down the things that you are thankful for and happy about and yep and you know when you take something out of your head and you put it down on paper it seems to solidify it and and so to, to, to keep that running list and you know it could be something as simple as you know I, I woke up today and I'm able to see or hear I mean, go rudimentary if you need to, but, you know, one of the things that I look at in my own life as it relates to just kind of navigating life in general is, is, is something that I call thought management. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting how much life is lived in our heads yeah. and, and, and how much control we really do have over that. And I don't know who said it, but someone said, you know, if negative thoughts come knocking at your door, you don't have to let them in. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want to deny all these things, but at the same time, you know, think about what we're thinking about. And if, if it's negative, you know, that's going to create negative results in our life. And this is maybe more philosophical, but I think, that to, you know, what we choose to focus on 
is very relevant. So if you're at home and you're a job seeker and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't have a lot to be thankful for, we, most of us, if not all of us, probably do. And maybe it's just a matter of, you know, really thinking about that and writing it down and maybe even some meditation uh, around mm-hmm. that would be helpful. Um, just to remind ourselves that, you know, we're in a good spot. Hopefully, you know, you have a roof over your head and you're not wondering where your next meal is going to come from. So, you know, these things are so basic that sometimes we take them for granted. And if, and if we can just bring that awareness back to ourselves and, and, you know, make sure that we maintain that positivity in our life, because, you know, your point I think is a big one, Bobby, in terms of hope. And there is something uh, that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And and I've always remembered that. And that's why as job seekers, you know, we want to put out as many resumes as possible that are relevant to you because if you have many irons in the fire, that can give you hope as opposed to thinking, you know, I, I put all my eggs in the one basket and that job fell through. They picked someone else. Well, there that shoots your hope. So in terms of having hope, you know, multiple uh, resume submissions would be helpful. But also just to, you know, maybe it's just a website or something. Look for the positive news. I mean, if there was an all-good news channel, I would watch it. But I don't know of <laughs> – but you can find good news. And, you know, there's there's certainly books out there. Um, you know, Richard Carlson, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, you know, that type of thing, and, and yeah. chicken noodles or chicken soup for the soul. That type of thing. We can choose what we put in our heads, and and I think that to really actively seek that out and incorporate that into our daily living will keep positivity flowing through our brain. And and I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how the neurons work, but I just know that negativity can be so damaging to our health, right? So I gotta imagine that on the flip side of that coin finding good and positive news and maybe sharing it with others. Hey, saw this and thought it might be, you know, add a little levity to your day. You know, doing something like that from a connectivity uh, perspective would be helpful too. Yes, Jerome, you. your yep. thoughts? Yep. Yeah, so I, I think this is a really important p- piece of this conversation because, you know, you and I both work with job seekers and I've had, um, you know, clients who've come to me after being laid off from a position and, um, you know, I think we do children a disservice when we ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and so we sort of have, especially in America, we've trained people to believe that their sense of worth and their sense of identity is all wrapped up in what they do for a living. And when suddenly that's gone, they sort of have, you know, there's a little bit of an identity crisis. And I went through this 20 years ago. I was a teacher at a Catholic school, thought I would live, you know, work there until I retired. But I was fired mid-school year for being gay because it was a Catholic school, right? And so I had this moment of sitting on my sofa thinking, who the heck am I? If I'm not this music teacher at this Catholic school, this is what I prepared my whole life for. And then, so I had to do the mental gymnastics of saying, okay, I don't stop being Jerome just because I'm no longer working here. And so, you know, I, with my clients, I talk about be, do, have, right? So who we are is, you know, uh, our sense of identity has nothing to do with what we do or what we have. And so just to be really grounded in that. So I use a lot of affirmations with my clients um, just to sort of ground themselves in that sense of awareness. And then, you know, also just saying, okay, you're in this place, um, Let's start from that sense of just having a real strong sense of self and let's get into action from that place of joy, of, of understanding who you are. You're a father, you're a, a, a son, you're a daughter, you're, you know, you're creative. What are all the things that you bring to the table? Let's define those. And now let's move forward and look for the new job with that sense of, and it's a totally different way of looking at job search. And then the actions become joyful actions and, and there's more to celebrate. Um, and ultimately, I think it just leads to really great positive outcomes in terms of the job search. But, you know, you were talking about controlling thoughts. And Louise Hay um, often said, a, you know, because we're talking about belief system here. A belief is just a thought, and a thought can be changed. So when we're in that negative thought, it's really great to just catch it and say, okay, this is not a thought that's serving me, so let's go to a better feeling thought. Um, and I think that kind of moves people forward. Um, 
So I do affirmations. I teach my clients to meditate, to journal. Yeah. Um, and also when they're that, that place of like not knowing what's next, I try to take, take the fear out of it and say, you know what? All you have in front of you now is possibility. And guess what? You get to call the shots. You get to choose. You get to choose the next job, right? So, so let's look at this as a positive thing rather than being right. really scary. I think those are both really um, great suggestions and really good insights. It is challenging for people in this time to have a possibilities mindset. And that's one of the things, one of the other concepts in positive psychology. Um, but by at least starting with this whole idea of being hopeful or being grateful or appreciative, in the examples you've used, I mean, it does, you know, build capacity in the part of your brain that allows people to be inspired and see what's possible. So it has this, like, building and broadening effect. Um, and so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's no question it's really tough. But small things, you know, if you start to do that, you can see the impact it has on you. I mean, you don't, you know, it, it does build capacity for you to be stronger and to see more possibilities. Um, if they're like <clears throat> these positive emotions, I like to say they're almost like nutrients that build up in your system that then allow you to handle more challenging times in the future. And it can definitely impact others. So when you share a positive emotion with somebody else, you evoke the same neurochemical responses in them. You're building capacity in them as well. Just sharing positive news or a, or a funny video or, you know, those little things that you both mentioned can really make a, a big difference. Um, so I wanted to I had a couple of things I wanted to share. Anything else on you know keeping a positive attitude or a possibilities mindset from a job seeker perspective? Well, I, I guess so. the one thing that I would add to it, and and it's not as easy as it used to be because many of our gyms are closed, for example. <laughs> but the yeah. but the importance of ec exercise and just getting that blood flowing, Bobby. This is kind of your specialty too. You know this, and you know in terms of dealing with depression, I have heard that. You know, if you get a, a, a regular exercise regimen and routine, it, it, it can have a greater impact and effect than, you know, some of the drugs that are prescribed to people. So let your body do its thing and get out there and make sure that you are moving your body and, and getting that, that, that air flow, you know, that, uh, you know, blood flow and, and oxygen to your brain. All these things that, you know, were, were designed to do naturally. This would be a good time to really be aware of that. And tied into that is the obvious, your, your diet. You know, you wouldn't put sugar in your gas tank in your car. So, you know, be mindful of what you're putting in your body as well as you combine that with a, you know, even if it's a walk around the block, just, a, just, just that. You know, get your body moving. And if the walls feel like they're closing in on you, well, get outside and, and, and walk, but stay six feet apart from people. Exactly. That's well. And that's one of the things, fortunately, unlike people in Europe, that's one of the things we can still do. We can still get outside. Um, and people are getting very creative about how they do workouts. Uh, but at the very least, you're right. There's a whole mind-body connection here that um, helps us to sustain ourselves and to build performance through challenging times like this. So this whole concept um, that we, we, were gonna, we wanted to talk about around self-care during this time, I think whether we're responsible for other people in our home or our family or whether we're leaders, you know, we feel like the burden falls to us, right? And I find a lot of people saying, yeah, but I have to, you know, I'm, I now have three kids at home that I'm homeschooling and I have to do my job and I have to do all these other things. And if you don't carve out time for self-care, the, uh, you know, the, the fatigue right, and the stress and the uncertainty that is comp compounded in this kind of situation, uh, I mean, it'll just, it'll put you under. Not only will mm -hmm. it result in poor judgment and, you know, exhaustion and, uh, and your inability to make good decisions and to be able to move things forward, but for you to be the best for the people around you, you know, and whether that's your team or your family, and, you know, if you're in a job search, that obviously that's yourself, but there's, uh, there's clearly in most cases there's other people in your world that are depending on you. You have to be able to <clears throat> practice that self-care if you want to be able to, you know, sustain any kind of level of performance um, during times like this where all this stress and uncertainty just adds on. So mm -hmm. to Judson's point, you know, whatever – Exercises for you. I mean, you know, it could be just you know walking around the block, you know, just 
taking the dog for a walk or just getting outside and moving around can create, you know, uh, it just releases those endorphins and those chemicals that really help you to think more clearly and has a, you know, very significant mind body impact and you're right, your diet and sleep and all those things. And I totally acknowledge that those are challenging because many of us have limited options to exercise over at home and we can't go out to eat. And so, you know, it's sort of like whatever's around and sometimes whatever's around <laughs> isn't the, the healthiest thing. So I think being more aware of how we are taking care of ourselves now. Um, and using this time, right? Say, hey, I have this extra time now. I haven't, you know, I'm not usually able to go on to online and, and look at a yoga video. So I'll do that, or I'll do, you know, there's all kinds of options now to do things online, or just use this quote extra time we have because we yeah. do have some extra time because we're not commuting and we're home, and we, maybe we don't have some of the same responsibilities to be good to yourself. And I think it's also a great time to jump in, Bobby, for families to do things together and even for families that maybe have young children, small children, to model some of these behaviors. Because I think we get so, you know, when business is normal, right, kids are running to soccer and all these things, and so they don't necessarily cultivate good self-care practices, you know. And so I don't have children, but if I did, I, I could imagine myself teaching my seven-year-old how to do laundry, you know, saying, okay, we all have to, you know, I'm working from home, everyone's home, we all have to sort of learn some things, yeah? So, and here's how you make a box of macaroni and cheese, you know, and teaching teaching kids and let's all go for a walk or let's all do this yoga together. It's, you know, for people who can be really creative and, and think outside the box, this is a great opportunity to model some really great behaviors and to give kids some life skills that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have. Uh, I, yep. I, I, I see families doing really having like dress up nights. Yeah. Like we're all going to get dressed up and have dinner, you know, in the house and make it like a, you know, an, an event. Um, people are getting pretty creative about how they. Which I. They yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's the unexpected gift of this time. Yes. Really, you know, if we can be positive about that, I think it's. It's brilliant the way, you know, it's been lovely to see on, on social media what people are doing, um, things like that. I think it's just, I love it, it you know. It's, it's speaking of hope, right? Yes. You know, there's yes. that, that grain of hope in all of this. And, and one thing I'll add before we move on, because we've got about 10 minutes left, but, um, you know, use this as an opportunity, and this is kind of a, you know, what we've been saying, but use this as an opportunity to think about friends that maybe you haven't talked to in a while and use it as an opportunity to reconnect. And you can do it on Zoom, you can do it on the phone, but you know we're, we're social creatures and we really right. need one another. And I think this provides that time just to check in and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. are you hunkering down? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, get involved with your community too, because this this is something that I've been doing here in Incline Village, where I'm actually working with the food bank and delivering um, groceries to homes and as far as feeling in control or feeling victimized by this virus it doesn't have to be that way so if you're thinking well what can i do there are some things that you can do and i think that if you do that and take action i know that after i always feel good about it but it's it's given me a little bit of control over over you know the situation where it would be easy to just say, oh, okay, I'm a victim and I can't do anything, this right. learned helplessness concept. It doesn't have to be that way. So look for opportunities to get out there and serve. Be smart and be safe about it, but there are opportunities. So just go look for them. Yeah, I love that. I think that's uh, <clears throat> this is an opportunity to connect with people and to help others, um, you know, who are, you know, there's going to be some challenging times for people, over, for all of us, but for some populations for sure over the next couple of months. And, when you take yourself, when you take, when you practice this selflessness and you sort of take yourself out of that, you said learned helplessness and that victim kind of equation, that, that's something else that can really give a boost to your um, state, of, state of mind, your state of being, can be very helpful. Yep. So we got about 10 minutes left, Bobby. Um, should we move on to our next point? Yeah, I have one more thing uh, mm-hmm. that I want to share and then, um, and then we can wrap it up. So I'm... Um, 
based on all the studying and work I've done around positive psychology, I'm a big believer in focusing on um, and our strengths. So that's a tenet of positive psychology is the power of a strengths-based approach to how you run your life and how you, you know, how you do your work and how you develop yourself. Um, and I think this is really a good time to, to double down on that and to really do, if you haven't already, do a personal inventory. So what are your strengths? What are the assets? What are the talents that you have that you can leverage, you can amplify, that you can do more of during this time? Because, again, focusing on strengths, it does build capacity. <clears throat> it's, a, it's one of those you know, positive psychology concepts. It does build capacity in you to be able to do more um, and leveraging our strengths and applying them where we can is a much better approach than trying to say, well, but then I have these weaknesses. I mean, we all have development areas, but you know, it's a much more fundamentally positive way um, to conduct our lives by focusing on the things that we do well and using those to help us improve in other areas or using those strengths more. So for teams, if you're leading a team now, I would definitely say to take this opportunity to really be clear about, look at the team members, what are the relative strengths of each of those, what are the things they do well, what do they like to do, how can you engage them more in those because that helps them feel even better about their work for the challenges you're having with your team. So some people maybe, maybe aren't normally working on a certain project or in a certain area, but you could suggest that they do that because that's a particular strength that they have. So it would just helps to have people also connect to their strengths and understand what they are, and it also helps you as a leader if you can deploy those strengths in the service of advancing your goals and making more progress with your team. And one of the tools that I like to use um, is, is the VIA Character Strength Assessment. So the website, it's via.character.org. Um, it was founded by Martin Seligman, who is the, sort of the father of positive psychology, and there's a lot of science behind it. Um, it's a free assessment. It only takes like eight or ten minutes to do it. And it helps you to identify what your signature strengths are. So I, when I work with people, I like them to pick their top three. And then we say, so these are your top three strengths. What does it mean to have this strength? How do you amplify it? And what conditions could you use it more? How do you practice it more? And that just creates more capacity in all of us. So I, I would definitely recommend to people if they haven't taken that, again, it's free and it's all science-based. And I love it more than a Gallup survey because Gallup, the, the um, strengths finder, is also excellent, but it's really based strictly on work characteristics. Um, the Avaya character has more, it's more about virtues and culture, and it's a much broader set of strengths, and so it can be applied to other parts of your life, not just in your work life. So that's my sort of, that's the, I think, a big foundational um, tip, strengths-based um, uh, development that I would leave people with. Um, any suggestions for, or insights from, from either one of you about how you employ that when you work with people who are in a job search mode? Obviously, they have to understand their strengths to be able to market themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, no doubt. And I, I guess, you know, a suggestion I would have um, on that is if you did this assessment, do it with a, uh, a buddy, a partner. Uh, if you have an accountability partner, that would be a good person to do this with. But um, take those results and, and discuss it. And my encouragement to the individual would be to be an encourager. You know, as you're talking about these strengths, and, 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 you know, a friend who knows you well can be an encourager. It is a gift. You know, the gift of encouragement uh, goes a long way. And if you can, if all of us, each of us could, you know, collectively or individually um, encourage one another, it goes, you know, it, it really does us good to have that. So I would say share some of those results. And even if you have to ask, say, you know, how do you see this playing out in my life, you know, and, and, I think it's worth the ask. I really do, uh, yeah. just to be able to to connect and and to hear some positivity, uh, but also to give positivity on both. Because there's so much that, that sometimes we're not aware of. You know, the skills that got you where you are. You know, those are all good. And if you were to recap them with somebody, you would see very quickly how 
how valuable you were and how well you did a certain job or a project. And that can be an affirmation too. And that affects our overall sense of self. Totally agree. Yep. Jerome, your thoughts? Yeah. Well, so, well, I love these sort of um, personality surveys or, you know, I use in my, in my practice, I use an uh, an abbreviated uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator, right? Um, which is probably similar. And I think I've taken the, the assessment that you're speaking of too, Bobby, but I like yep. them because it, because it gives people authentic language to describe themselves in job interviews right. and sort of, and I remember I, I just was thinking about uh, when I worked in staffing, there was a young man that I was um, interviewing and he was looking at the floor and very quietly said, I'm a real people person. And I wanted to say, no, you're not. And that's okay because I'm hiring you to be an accountant and you're going to sit in a cubicle all day. And so it's fine that you're not super outgoing, but I think he was somebody who believed that that was what you had to say. And I think just being able to authentically know who you are and to, you know, and to identify the strengths and the power in those, it's just, again, speaking back to, you know, going back to the people who've lost their position maybe and their identity was wrapped up in that job, to step back and say, no, this is who I am. These are my strengths. These are my core virtues, my core uh, values. And this is what I bring to the table. And to own those in a really powerful way, I think yep. it's awesome. You know, and I would say, you know, take the indicate, you know, take this survey or one or other, and then take some time in your journal and write about each one, right. you know, and just sort of explore what it means and ask other people, oh, it says that I'm a team builder, whatever it happens to be. How do you see that um, manifesting itself in me, you know, and get that feedback, so... Well, we certainly have covered a lot. I'm sorry, Bobby. Go ahead. I was going to say, the, well, the first time I took that in a class, we um, we paired up with people who had, you know, and, and as Justin said, just kind of said, hey, this is my top strength. Is this something you see in me? And so you're able to get some perspective from others about, yeah, I do see that in you. And here's how I think you could use it more. Or here's how I see you using it. So as you both said, getting that sort of um, perspective and feedback from others about how right. your strengths can be used more is a really, I think that's a really excellent idea. And getting it from different people, like from a colleague that you worked with, mm-hmm. and then maybe your spouse or your children. Yeah. Because you were saying these apply in not just workplace, but other places. And yeah. I think that's, I just think it's so powerful to, to get that. And it's such a boost to, to say, oh, I, you know, because sometimes when we're in these these tumultuous times, we feel really down on ourselves, like, oh, there's nothing good, right? And to have that sort of, this is what's good about you, and to own it, it's just so powerful. Well, it certainly is. And, and you know, if you're fortunate enough to have your mom or your dad around, don't forget to give them a call because, you know, hopefully your mom is going to be your biggest fan. And uh, you know, <laughs> Mine is. <laughs> mine is, you know, and, and so we all need that. And so you know, reach out to people. Be the encourager, and hopefully encouragement will come from it. So I, I do want to wrap us up here. I don't know, Bobby, if you had any final comments. I don't, uh, we have no. covered a lot. Okay. We've covered a lot today. And, uh, you know, as it relates to uncertainty, we, we hope that we've given you some really good tips, something that you can actually do, and not just a, a, a philosophy or a, a, a thought, but something you can actually apply today and moving forward. So we're really thankful that you were with us today, Jerome, um, if you want to close us out. Sure. Uh, so let's start with Bobby. Bobby, do you want to tell listeners where they can connect with you if they're interested in any of the things you've shared and want to have more information? Sure. So my web, <coughs> excuse me, my website is um, just like my name. So it's bobbylaporte.com. You can reach me there. There's also a, b- a bunch of resources on there. One uh, in particular I would call out. So over the last month, every Monday I've been doing a vlog, so a quick video, one-and-a-half-minute sort of tip, including some of the ones we talked about today, but others about navigating through uncertainty. So those are available, and that would be um, a great place for people to visit to just get a little bit more information uh, beyond some of the things we talked about today. And Bobby, one other thing I wanted to just mention, um, you recently did a, um, a TEDx talk. And how would somebody find that uh, video of your TEDx talk? It's also on the website. So if you go to, there's a speaking page. If you go there, there's a link to the TEDx talk. And that was, again, about, <clears throat> excuse me, about navigating through uncertainty. 
So Wonderful. We have a website as well. So thank you so much for reminding yep. me about that. And just yep, to let absolutely. the listeners know, Bobby spells her first name, B-O-B-B-I-E. I-E, yes. Just, thank you, Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. if you want to reach the podcast, we're always looking for suggestions for future podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we're available for download on the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, um, a, a number of platforms. Uh, if you use Google or iTunes, please give us a rating that helps uh, listeners find us. You can reach the podcast by emailing us at uplevelcareers at gmail.com. Again, uplevelcareers with an S at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me, my website is www.theresumeshopinc, spelled I-N-K, dot com. All of my contact information is there. Um, would love to hear from anyone who uh, wants to know more about what I do. And Judson, how about you? Yes, thank you, Jerome. I can be reachable. My website is careerpathstrategies, plural, dot com. And I am reachable at Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N at Career Path Strategies. Um, and we're very thankful that you were with us today. And we look forward to our future podcasts. Again, as Jerome mentioned, please send us an email, how we're doing, and suggestions for future topics that you find to be relevant and timely. We really look to you for uh, some of that content generation. So our, our encouragement to you is, is, is to look for the positive. It's out there. You will find it. And just to keep on keeping on. And when you find it, share it with somebody else. <laughs> so thank Very you so good. much for joining us, Bobby. And thank you Thanks for, for listening. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, great. Bye now. Take Bye. care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.